Welcome into this week's episode of Cape Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Carmen. We are so excited to welcome Matt Hyde on for today's episode. Matt is a New York Yankees Northeast Area Scout and was named to the list of the 50 most influential people back in 2019. Matt, thanks so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Doing great, Emma, and it's so good to have Cape Cod League Baseball back in action. I agree. So as I mentioned, Scout for the Yankees, when did this passion, you know, first begin for you? Began at a young age, and I was fortunate growing up to have spent a lot of time around the Cape Cod League. I was in the baseball clinics as a young kid, and we moved to Chatham when I was 10 years old from Connecticut. Uh, We had summered in Chatham, um, but we moved there full time when I was 10, and I ended up becoming the bat boy for the Chatham A's at the time. And then when I got into high school, I became a bullpen catcher for the Orleans Cardinals. At the time, they were called the Cardinals. And then uh, when I got to the end of my college career um, at Michigan, I ended up coaching with Chatham and uh, coached with Brewster. So it, it kind of started at a young age, and it, it was just part of my every summer. And uh, I got to be honest with you, probably my least favorite day of every year was the last day of the Cape League season. Win or lose. Um, It just was so depressing for me that the season would be over. That's how much I loved it. But I was very lucky to be immersed in it from an early age. So obviously within the league for years, um, when it comes to you scouting, what is a normal kind of day in the life of Matt Hyde look like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a lot of driving, um, which is what we do. Um, But uh, it's getting to the fields early watching batting practice, um, talking to the coaches, um, getting an idea uh, before I even head to the ballpark of what the pitching rotations are looking like and, you know, what might be the best matchups for me uh, to see. And also when we have other scouts uh, in town, uh, where are good places for them to go um, where they can see a lot of good guys and uh, then getting there and, and watching these guys hit and, and then uh, obviously getting uh, into the game action. It's important to get there early because uh, seating behind home plate at some of these places is a little tight. It's all <laughs> part of the charm of, uh, you know, middle school uh, fields and high school fields. But that's what we do. And um, I think the great thing is, is being able to sometimes double up and, and see, you know, the start of one game and then move to another game and be able to sometimes see four teams in one day, or maybe you can even see that third game and, and catch six teams in one day, which is really kind of cool. So with being in the league for years, what are some of your favorite memories, whether it was back with Orleans or now scouting that just have stuck with you forever? Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I, I have so it's the people, you know, it's the people and the characters. And I think that, um, when you get kids from around the country, um, who have different backgrounds, who may have not crossed paths before. It's just such a cool environment. And um, for me, as a young kid growing up, sometimes we'd have a player stay with us from the University of Texas and uh, or uh, Vanderbilt, back before Vanderbilt was Vanderbilt. And um, just being exposed to, to people from different areas was just so cool. And I, I think it brought out great stories like, um, I remember a kid getting homesick and he was just so homesick being away and his brother was a big leaguer 
and but it was his first time away from home and he was in our living room crying like a baby about how homesick he was you know or a kid trying lobster for the first time (laughs) and and watching them try to eat a lobster I'll never forget we had a player stay with us one year from the University of Miami and uh, the first thing he wanted to do when he got into Chatham was go see the baseball stadium he thought (laughs) it was going to be this big stadium and so we drove over the field and said hey this is it he's like no you're kidding me where where is the the stadium right here (laughs) where you play so I think those types of things are pretty cool and and back in the day Emma um, guys had to work a job during the day Um, it's become a little less prevalent now but back when when I first started with the Cape League there would be players that worked at the hardware store mm-hmm. there would be players that worked at the um, so those stories were even funnier because John Schiffner coached the Chatham A's for 25 years and he played in the league in the 70s and he used to talk about one of his jobs which was at the docks in Harwich he had the night shift watching the docks and watching the boats oh. and one night he fell asleep and somebody stole a boat no (laughs) oh my gosh you can't make it up (laughs) oh yeah you can't make it up so those are some of the stories and um but it's always just so cool to see see uh what these players learn from their experience in the cave and there's 10 teams within obviously there's players coming and going now with the whole draft being mid-july there's a lot of players within rotation but from your scout perspective what kind of makes these players stand out compared to others? Just because there's so many kids down here, obviously an honor for them to come down, but what makes someone stand out? Well, you know, what we do is we try to look for tools first, which is, you know, run, throw, field, hit, hit for power, defend. Um, we love arm strength from pitchers. We love uh, feel for a curveball, a change up, a ba- ability to pitch and get swings and misses and weak contact. Um, so we're looking for all those good stuff, um, but uh, we're also looking at how they perform, how they're able to use their abilities, do their abilities translate uh, into performance. So do they have enough baseball skills to make things happen? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the great thing about the Cape, you know, you, and, and it's why being down here and seeing them play basically every day, you get to get a really good feel of who they are. I just remember um, watching this kid one summer, he was a freshman from Florida state mm-hmm. and he was playing shortstop and just every day you'd watch him and he just was very steady, very consistent. And the next year he came back and he wasn't a shortstop anymore. He was a catcher. Wow. And it was Buster Posey. Oh my gosh. He was the first guy that really turned down team USA because he wanted to play in the Cape all summer and play every day. And it really showed me something about him. And he was the type of guy that um, as a scout, you really benefit, benefited from watching every day to truly appreciate what he could do. So I think um, uh, kind of a long-winded answer there for you, Emma, but um, we try to see these tools. Mm-hmm. We want to see them perform and we want to see the, the consistency um, over the course of, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you know, however long the, the summer looks last. Mm-hmm. When we were chatting the other day, you kind of mentioned that the game has changed just a lot from when you first started, obviously 
you know, the league's been around a while, but what are the, some of the biggest adjustments that you've had to make as a scout these past few years? I know COVID was crazy. The league didn't play for a summer. So what kind of adjustments did you guys have to make on your end of things? Well, I think we had to um, be a little more creative in providing opportunities to watch players do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly uh, we took a kid last year out of Dartmouth named Ben Rice and Ben had missed an entire Ivy league season. And, mm-hmm. you know, he spent um, all of 2021 really working out at this new England baseball complex. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he ended up playing for Katuit. Um before he played for Katuit, he played in a men's league called the Cranberry league <laughs> with a bunch of guys who were in their thirties and done with baseball, had families and jobs and, uh, you know, love to play whenever they could, could play. And there's Ben Rice in the middle of it. So uh, that sort of thing has made us, you know, much more creative in, in how we scout these guys, you know, where we watch them, what we do. Um, we've been able to do more workout type things mm-hmm. over the course of time. But I really feel that it, it's made us kind of do more in a good way. Um, to evaluate players and as much as it's so different for all of us to have the draft pushed back into July um, it does provide us more of an opportunity to scout players right up to the draft and you know last night I was watching Katuit and it's just so cool to see a kid like Cam Collier um, and Ryan Ritter and um, uh, some of the other guys they have there on Katuit who are draft eligible and, and they're they're playing every day leading up to this thing and it just it's such a great opportunity for us uh to really make that that full evaluation and see what they can really be as players so I think it's benefited us a lot yeah and so with the Yankees um I know that you're very heavily involved with the Kelly Rodman Foundation for those that are listening or watching who don't know the purpose of the foundation, it's to honor the spirit, passion, and love that Kelly Rodman had for the game, a former Yankees scout. She encouraged tons of people within not only the Yankees, but within MLB. So what exactly is your role with this foundation and what you're doing for them? Well, Jen Mead heads it up and Jen is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, She has done a phenomenal job of, um, maintaining the legacy of of Kel and uh, keeping people aware and also being able to do some really neat things uh, with the foundation Mm -hmm. to help others and um, Kelly was uh, a really dynamic human being and she had a great passion for baseball and she was such a influential part of our scouting department, Department 27, we call it, with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was such a presence in Northeast baseball. Um, when she passed away, um, we certainly wanted to do some things to remember her. And one thing we did kind of right out of the gate was um, we renamed our annual Yankees Red Sox end of the summer uh, amateur baseball event uh, we do the Kelly Rodman Memorial Summer Rivalry Classic mm-hmm. so that was just kind of a start but what Jen has done um, recently which I think is really cool is um, she has used some of the money from the foundation to help support the scout liaisons in the Cape Cod League who for years now have been doing this for nothing 
-hmm. but by giving them a little bit of money and also giving that money with a sense of, you know, let's remember Kelly and her spirit and her energy. Um, you know, she, she was a pioneer in a lot of ways being a woman in baseball, mm -hmm. but, um, she also, uh, always saw herself as being a scout first, not mm -hmm. a female scout, but a scout. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was the one who would be there early cultivating relationships getting to know the players, getting to know their families. And I think for these scout liaisons to, uh, to know that that's where this is coming from, from a person who had that type of spirit, mm -hmm. it's really significant because um, they're learning a lot this summer and they're getting their start in the game, just like she did. She started from the, the bottom and worked her way up to where she became a full-time scout. And she really showed that anything is possible in this game. So. It's really cool. It keeps on building mm -hmm. and uh, Jen's doing a great job of getting it off the ground, but we, we honor Kelly every day. <clears throat> I keep a coin in my wallet. Um, be great today. It's mm -hmm. from Kel. And uh, I know Damon Oppenheimer, our scouting director has his coin that he looks at every day. And we always remember, her, especially around draft time, because she was such a big part of our Yankee drafts. Mm -hmm. um, we think of her every day. That phrase that you mentioned, be great today. I've seen actually a couple of players from Quinnipiac or people who are involved with that foundation wear that bracelet. What does that mean to you? And kind of what do you think of that when you think of her? She always would say either this guy's a Yankee or this guy's not a Yankee. <laughs> and it was always so funny because um, <clears throat> I knew exactly what that meant. <laughs> it was Kelly's standards. And she had standards for players. And it was this combination of, you know, being good, but also having character and toughness and doing things the right way and being competitive and being a good person. Um, so it was all this stuff rolled into one. And so that be great today. And I mean, she used to send us, you know, I would always talk to Kel before like my meeting to go over all the players or if we had a big workout we were doing, I always would, you know, connect with her and say, geez, Kelly, I'm a little nervous. And she'd say, come on, put your big boy pants on and go out there and you're going to, you're going to be great. And she would send that to me. And, you know, it's kind of a reminder of um, just do your best, you know, do your best every day and hold yourself to a high standard. That's kind of what it makes me think of. So you mentioned the Summer Rivalry Classic, um, named after her now. It's a showcase for top high school, top college prospects in New England. How did this first kind of come about and get started? It's a really cool story. It goes back to um, in the summer of 2008, uh, we had a player by the name of Michael Yastrzemski on our area code team. Mm -hmm. Now, that area code team was a great team. It had Mike Trout. It had Marcus Stroman. It had uh, Stephen Matz, Christian Walker. Um, I'm sure I'm going to miss a couple of guys too that played in the big leagues, but those were the, the main cast of characters. Mm -hmm. So Anne-Marie Yastrzemski, who's Michael's mom, mm -hmm. uh, after seeing the area code games, that tournament, she really felt like there were, we should do something in New England. There should be something in New England uh, for the Northeast players to do um, to put all the better players together and play. And 
so we did it. And I'll never forget, we had this call with me and Ray Fagnett with the Red Sox and Anne-Marie. And we're trying to come up with a name. And Ray came up with the Summer Rivalry Classic. And we've done it at Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium over the years. One year we, during COVID, we did it at Hartford. Um, and uh, it's just a great end of the summer opportunity for um, the better players to all be on the same field and just have a fun day of, of baseball. And during COVID in 2020, we did it at Hartford. And uh, we decided because we had had a tough time seeing a lot of the college players because there was no Cape Cod League season, mm -hmm. we invited college players to be part of it. And we have continued that tradition uh, last year and we'll do it again this year. And I think that makes it really cool to see some of these better uh, college kids be with the high school guys mm -hmm. and for the high school guys to compete with the college kids. So it continues to grow and evolve, but it's amazing, Emma, since 2006, we've been doing these events, whether it's the East Coast Pro Showcase, the mm -hmm. Area Code Games, or the Summer Rivalry Game. And out of those three events, there have been 77 players who have gone on to play in the major leagues. Oh my goodness. Which is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. and, and it's really cool. And I, I think what we've done a fantastic job of uh, up here, the entire scouting community, is growing the game mm -hmm. and providing opportunities for the best players to be on the same field together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's been the coolest part of what we've been able to do. When it comes to the game exactly for the rivalry classic, how exactly do you guys decide who's in it, who comes up? Um, is it strictly just the new England kids or how does that exactly work? So we, we go through the summer and we, we watch the Cape League players. We watch the New England Collegiate League. We mm -hmm. watch the Futures League. Um, we do our, our tryouts, our area code stuff, our East Coast Pro stuff. And we put together this, this group of players who seem to be the better guys. And then we, um, we put the rosters together. Um, last year, I think we did it up in Nashville, me and Ray. Mm -hmm. Just, okay, here are the, all the names. Let's pick the two teams. There was a year that I just picked the two teams and I really stacked the Yankees team. <laughs> Ray is still giving me a hard time about it, but I, I just did it. Um, uh, but we, we try to work to make it be competitive. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a fairly even playing field. The amazing thing is it always seems to come down to the last inning and like the last at bat. Of course it, it does. It's, it's just funny how it works, but mm -hmm. But it's really, really cool. And um, we also started doing something, Emma, mm -hmm. with the Cape League. Um, and this co goes back to um, when I coached in the league and did all my stuff. The Red Sox used to go around um, and they would watch the league and they would pick a couple guys off of every team to go up to Fenway Park during the summer and work out. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool. But I always thought that um, they missed some people, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I got into scouting, um, you know, it was right around that same time, like 2009, uh, Gus Quattlebaum, who was my best friend uh, in high school, 
Mm-hmm. Um, we went to Andover together. He was the assistant scouting director for the Red Sox. And um, he and Paul Gallup, who was the commissioner, and I got together and we got together with Ray Fagnet too. And um, we said, hey, can we do a workout day at Fenway Park mm-hmm. for all 10 teams? So everybody gets a chance to go into Fenway and we get to see everybody mm-hmm. in one day. And so we started kicking around how we would make that work. And so we got it off the ground. And I think it's really become a, an awesome day that makes the Cape Cod League different. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it certainly helped us a lot in the scouting of a number of players, including Aaron Judge. To see him in a major league stadium was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of that, Emma, what we started to do uh, over the years is we put together a group of high school players from the Northeast to play against Orleans. And it. we're going to do that again uh, this summer on July 11th, mm-hmm. which will be which will be great. But um, it's just another one of those deals kind of tying in with the summer rivalry that we've been able to do um, just to get more of a scouting uh, opportunity uh, to see players. And I think it's been really, really productive. Yeah, I was talking to some of the players about they've never seen Fenway one or they've never even stepped foot in the area of Boston. So I think not only is it an amazing experience for them to get in, but also just see the stadium actually walk through right field and play where their C major leaguers play every single day. So it's a great addition. July 11th for those listening. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, the best. It is. It is. It's always highlight. It's always a great day. So before we wrap up this episode, any last stories or advice that you want to share with anyone listening or viewing from a scouting perspective from the Cape League, anything like that? You know, I I think, Emma, that um, the beauty of this league is that uh, these players are are thrown into it from all different backgrounds, Mm -hmm. and they come up here. They're all really, really good players, and now they have to really prove themselves, and some of them struggle for the first time. They hit failure for the first time, and some of them don't know how to deal with that failure. And these young men have a lot of things that pull at them. Uh, There's college coaches who tell them, hey, you know, you've done enough. You need to shut it down. Um, There's agents who tell them, hey, you've done enough to uh, increase your stock as a player. Shut it down. Um, There may be girlfriends who tell them, hey, you've been away all (laughs) summer. I haven't seen you. You need to get home. You know, we're going to the lake house or we're going here or there. You know, what are you doing up there? Mm-hmm. So there's there's all these little things that pull at these players. And what I've seen Emma over time is the guys who end up playing in the major leagues and not just playing in the major leagues, but being impactful major mm-hmm. leaguers are the players who stay to the end. Mm -hmm. compete all the way through to the end and they may not have the best stats but they don't quit Mm -mm. and they you know I'm just thinking so many so many great stories of guys who may have gotten hurt at one point in the summer and then come back to finish the season Jamie Shevchik has had a number of those guys at Brewster Um, 
and I think it's just a really cool part of this whole thing that um, that we can really learn from as scouts. Um, because again, it's the best of the best. They're all here every day. And for me, the one thing that I try to get out of it is, is seeing who stays to the end mm -hmm. and who finishes. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's probably one of the, the best parts of the summer is uh, watching how that all unfolds and how guys respond to failure. So there you go. It's three months, but it's the fastest three months too. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. All right. So one last thing, this is the fun part of the podcast. The, so I'm going to ask five questions and you have to give the first answer that comes to your mind. So oh the first goodness. one I have to ask is where is your favorite spot on the Cape? It can be restaurant, ballpark, beach, anything. Oh, old silver beach in Falmouth. Falmouth represent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, question two. If you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, I'd love to be able to fly. It would cut down on the driving. <laughs> no I'm more traffic in the cave. <laughs> That's great. Okay, third one. What is one thing that people don't know about you or like a small group? Oh, um, I'd say uh, I write a ton of handwritten letters. Handwritten letters. I like yeah, that. The lost art. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question four. If you could spend an afternoon with any athlete in history, who would it be? Ted Williams. Ted Williams. All right, fifth one. What was your baseball superstition or ritual that either you had growing up or you have now as a scout that you have to follow? <laughs> um, get there early. Get there early. Be prepared. I, I, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I get, I get twitchy. I get nervous. If I don't get there early, it just... It just actually, and a great story, Emma, not to, I know this is the lightning round, but. No, you're good. <laughs> um, when I was a bat boy for Chatham, mm -hmm. I wanted to be the first one there every day. And so I'd have my mom drive me over to Veterans Field in Chatham every mm -hmm. day or my dad to get there and be the first one. Mm -hmm. And I could never beat this other guy to the ballpark. It was one of our players was our third baseman. Mm -hmm. And he was from the University of Hartford. Mm -hmm. And he was there every day, the first one. And it was the first time I was exposed to someone who loved the game just as much or more than I did mm -hmm. and wanted to be there. And sure enough, that guy ended up being drafted by the Red Sox. He got traded to the Houston Astros. And a couple of years ago, he went into the Hall of Fame and that's Jeff Bagwell. Oh my goodness. You never beat Jeff. So, there we go. So anyway, long-winded answer to <laughs> no, I love that. my superstition. No, be that's great. Early. Love it. Be there early. Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for today, Matt. I appreciate your time. We thank you so much for coming on today and we wish you the best of luck with everything. All right, Emma. Thanks so much. This was great. Have a thanks great so summer. Much. You too. This is Emma Carmen signing off from Cape Lee Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well as follow us on social media at official CCBL on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for all listening and have a wonderful week.